0: Welcome to our early years podcast. Today I'm really excited to be joined by my friend Rachel Macbeth Webb, founder of Beetlewoods Outdoor Nursery in Warwickshire, which just so happened to have won the Enabling Environment Award World Award in 2018 now. And Beetle Beetlewoods were graded outstanding in was it 2019 now was it the end of last year I can't believe where we are yeah I can't believe where we are and I think especially in this lockdown situation it's making the time frame and where we are even in the year just seem more like a blur so welcome Rachel thanks for joining us today
1: thank you for inviting me that's very kind of you Kate
0: well it is mental health awareness week and we find ourselves in the midst of a weird worrying and very surreal situation bringing together lots of wonderful earlier pro- professionals who have something to say and I know that you certainly have lots to say when it comes to the rights of our young people and I thought it'd be interesting for people to hear your perspective given you found Beetlewoods which is a totally outdoor nursery so for those people that may not be familiar with your work and Beagle Woods, just tell us a little bit about your setting
1: oh oh gosh where to begin so i founded beetlewoods in september 2017 this is a very abridged version um, to basically enable children to have the opportunity to spend as much time as possible outdoors because i realized there was fairly little of that especially in our local area so the key factor for doing it and the driver for doing it was simply that at that time and to just enable Able children spending time in nature, finding out about nature, immersing themselves in the weather and all the good things that we know can come from being outside.
0: And you've been on quite the adventure since you opened. And I've been lucky enough to, you know, visit Beetlewoods many times and I suppose be a little tiny part of this journey with you and see, um, you know, the changes that you've been on and. I suppose that's why I felt it relevant to mention the Outstanding offset Inspection. Not because that's the be-all and end-all, but just to, I suppose, indicate the quality of what you are offering in your provision. We are seeing a rise in outdoor early years environments, and you're totally outside, so you have a small caravan and teepee tent, but you are in an abundance and the children spend their whole day outside with you and I suppose for lots of people that seems still like a world concept
1: oh definitely I think you've hit the nail on the head we've had a journey and I think part of that journey has been about not just being outside but how being outside has led us to practice in a different way and think about our approach and what that actually means for the children in our care so I think in in that respect that the outdoors has kind of guided us to really examine, reflect and evaluate our own practice, our own views, our own feelings, our own opinions about so many things. And that's had a huge impact on not only um, the children, but also the practitioners that work in the setting really positively.
0: Absolutely. And for anyone that's heard us speak together before, one of the things that I try to unpick for other people to I suppose reflect on or gain from you is that that philosophy that underpins all that you do that you talk about really what that trend about is well being, the children's rights are absolutely at the heart of everything that you do. And your relationships with staff, but also relationships with your whole community, so with families too, it's really clear. It's crucial to everything you do.
1: It makes such a difference, doesn't it? Absolutely, and I think it wasn't an easy journey. We didn't kind of understand where we would go and where we'd be led, but now having the evidence base of seeing the impact of working in this way with our children, and since we've been off, having messages from parents telling us that some of the, the approaches that we use in nursery, they found have really helped them to cope during this period of lockdown, which is hugely flattering for us. But it also, aside from that, says that you know, this continuity and this approach and this consistency really supports children to be who they need to be at any given time, even in the midst of something fairly scary, which I, I think is phenomenal. You know, well-being is often talked about and often misunderstood, I think. But if you can strip it back, and as you mentioned in your Um, your introduction the children's rights and the rights of the child to a childhood are of paramount importance in our nursery and it's not it doesn't seem, it seems really common sense to say to say that but actually how often do we get lost in other things and pleasing other people so we we take our eye off of that in the quest to please
0: So, loving all of the um, skills we're using with Zoom and online IT. So, with that, sometimes comes some complications our recording. So, apologies, but we're carrying on and powering through. So, what we were talking about, just to kind of recap, was maybe misunderstood understanding wellbeing. Really, I think Rachel and thinking about the rights of the child. So yes, I
1: think, Carry on. <laughs> no, I think I think that's where we are at. I'm not sure. And I think <laughs> you know, it's really difficult, it can be, it can feel difficult to unpick what well being is. And I guess the way we, we arrived at this place was to just be extremely reflective about practice, look at what benefits there were to the children in practicing in a certain way. So To give a small example, I guess, having a more unstructured day so the children could make choices, really working alongside them when they chose rather than having lots of activities that we had planned in advance for them to do. So we didn't do any of that. We just kind of gathered lots of evidence about what happened when we didn't. And absolutely, you're right. The, 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 The impact is significant when children feel empowered, valued, listened to, respected and that you know what they've got to say is really important and as adults you know we should be doing the listening and really fostering those high levels of self-esteem in children all the time so that's that's kind of a brief synopsis of, yeah. of why we ended up doing things the way we do
0: well absolutely and we don't know best as adults do we we just because we're an adult doesn't mean we have all the answers and sometimes you know, you have of I remember working as a TA, and that environment in that t- at that time, it really was about we knew best. We were the teachers. We were the font of all knowledge, and you know, every day is a learning day. I, I, I... It's going to be a catalyst for all sorts of different new ways of thinking, new ways of working, new ways of um, prioritising things that are important to us, about our mental health and our physical health. And so at the moment, we find ourselves trying to unpick um, what it might be like to return to... Your perspective and we're seeing lots of different articles talking around um, Scotland uh, kind of um, earlier as provisions or outdoor provisions on how we can explore the outdoor space to optimize kind of physical distancing Um, I suppose we were talking a little bit before we started recording about actually going back to what you're talking about your philosophy and your beliefs and deviating too far away from that so I suppose I've said a lot there really what how are you feeling at the moment and what are you thinking about your return?
1: I mean I think we're well placed and I really agree that you know Scotland's perspective on reopening schools with a focus on them spending larger amounts of time outside is is not just about the physical distancing which clearly is really quite easy when in, in my setting, we have a base camp, but we have 10 acres that we can explore. So we can play hide and seek and be massively distanced from groups of children or other members of staff. But I think it's, they have made an important distinction in some of the, the articles that I've read around it is about that. However, what we also know is how well um, we are supported to mental health and well-being when we're outside. It's a, it's a scientifically um, well-known fact. It's well-researched. And we know how well it supports immunity and all of those things. But ultimately, children and adults benefit from being outside. Being outside is the optimum. So for me, returning to nursery is um, a fantastic thing. I want to be back in nursery. I want the children that come into my setting to have some element of normality and what will have been a really stressful time for some of them and their parents. And the messages I'm, have, I'm receiving are that parents are really keen for that to happen, and a number of my parents have emailed me saying we couldn't think of a better place for our child to be right now and that's 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 massive isn't it it 's just you know in this mad, crazy world that we've got, and some of my, some of the children are really suffering some of them are crying daily and breaking down some of them are pointing to the door because they can't go outside yet we've got yeah. children that are shielding you know it's it's this is a massive toll on mental health for parents families and the children and we we have to be well placed to pick up when we go back some sense of normality for those children and really go back to the thing that comes in, into our core value which is what you touched on before which comes down to that well-being underpins everything and if Children are to return to school and nursery and we overlook that even for a small moment. We are not just failing them massively. I think we're setting ourselves and them up to fail because we won't we can't go back to how things were. We can't just assume that, you know, we'll put all that EYFS curriculum that we've been delivering for the last four years, we'll just go straight back into that. It's it's not respectful and it's it's going to be impossible, in my opinion.
0: Absolutely, and we we've touched on Scotland, and actually, lots of us in early years, we we read what is happening with Scotland with their early years curriculum. So they're realising ambition curriculum, all of the wonderful things that they seem to be doing for their young children how much respect and value they're placing on all of the things that we've talked about um you know promoting children's emotional well-being at this crucial stage and kind of we look to to what's coming out of scotland and comparing it to our own perhaps you know curriculum and our our own early years foundation stage and we just seem to miss the mark don't we
1: exactly what's on the agenda here there's only one thing on the agenda and that's making sure children and their childhoods are respected and we're there to support them. And if we're not doing that, we, 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 we're not well-placed, we're not best placed to do it or we're not able to do it, then we're simply failing them. And, and, and I think Scotland are, are one good, good example of looking at it much more holistically. And these children, you know, even those that have missed school, you know, how are, we, what, how are we phrasing that? They've missed time, they've missed progress. No, this has been a phase in their lives that isn't missed it's just different. And we need to really think about when we welcome our children back, where they've been, what they've had, what experiences they've had. Like we've got a family who've had two babies born, twins, you know, two girls come to us and they've had two new sisters. Things we really need to be, get, you know, knowing what we know about our families, re- reacquainting with them and really finding out what we can do to really support the parents and the children that come through our doors and we can only do that by looking at it on an individualized basis and forgetting about everything else right now because that's not important education is going to look a whole heap different after this i hope and i believe that will be driven by putting children's mental health and well-being and that of your team at the top of your agenda full stop you know every day
0: absolutely i've got Um, a friend with a young daughter who is obviously off at this time and is looking at whether she should return to school um, because she's in a school nursery setting. And we're talking about at home, at the moment she's got everything that she needs. She's got that emotional support and connection. And and prior to all of this, there was a lot of conversation about, well, what should I be doing as a parent in this time as you talked about on those missed opportunities? But, But actually what we know for sure is the missed opportunities for connection, for love, for responsiveness, for nurturing brain development during this time are more important than worrying about whether children are able to hold a pen or no colours and numbers and all of those things. So actually knowing what's happened, not only for our children, I think, but also for staff as well throughout this time. I don't know about you, but there's not one person that I've spoken to throughout this time. And I've been connecting with lots of people virtually online, like lots of us have everyone is in such a different circumstance aren't they so i think what it's really encouraging is that empathy for us to understand we never know what goes on behind closed doors but now sometimes we've seen a glimpse of people's behind their closed doors and we're hearing their messages and their stories and it's encouraging us to have more empathy for what people are experiencing
1: totally you know my my ideal has always been and through this journey that my focus would be an empathy curriculum and that sounds really woolly and it's designed to because actually what what do we need more than anything in this world what we needed it before and we worked you know for for two years before this awful pandemic to really embed that in our practice and actually the world needs more empathy we need to show that to one another and the gold standard if you like of how the curriculum should be pushed and we should be measuring children and looking at them as a, as a measurable output needs to stop and if, if it can't stop forever okay i kind of get that it's not the way i work i get that that there are still top-down pressures but it needs to pause because life's been on pause and we need to put mental health and well-being at the top it, there is nothing that can come close to it and nothing that should because children deserve and families deserve that time the time to grieve potentially for what's happened i know i've had days where I, I just couldn't function I couldn't see a way out of this I felt despondent and I, I needed to just give myself time to do that and we assume that when all this is over and we go back to some kind of new normal we won't we won't be grieving anymore but actually sometimes the grief does come afterwards and we're going to need to be really well placed I know I feel to that to support my my staff team and my practitioners and the 40 families that I've been supporting during this time has certainly been difficult for me and at times I felt the need to reach out to you or you know to somebody to support me and I think we're going to need to really batten down the hatches on this.
0: Absolutely we are I mean what I'm seeing a lot of across social media I think well to, to raise the, the word social media Social media for lots of us think has been a lifeline. It's been a way of connecting not only with friends, family, but also colleagues, but also children and families at this time. Facebook especially has been a wonderful way of creating a private group to, you know, make contact with children and families. So it's wonderful in all sorts of ways. But also when things get tough and things get scary, gosh, it fuels that fire. And I know for myself, I read. We talked about it before we started recording. You know, there was, you know, there are things mm-hmm. that I see, and I don't want to read them, and I don't want to see them because they're not positive for me. And what it's led me to kind of think, I and mean, you almost implore other people to do, is understand where they put their focus and attention is where their energy will go. And you know, whether we want to go back to work on the first of June, whether we want to open our doors, where the parents want to make that decision, whatever situation we're in, because as we've said, we're all in a completely different one. There is going to come a time where we are going to have to make those big, scary little steps. And we are going to have to put ourselves in the best p- position to be able to do that. And I think that by trying to solve problems, by trying to search for solutions, try new ways of thinking, and, you know, I suppose trying to jump over the barriers rather than think about what's in our way actually in early years we're really best placed to do that aren't we because we've got so many barriers all the time and we're used to leaping over them and finding our own way
1: aren't we well we're encouraging children to do this are we not you know we're asking children every day certainly in my setting to problem solve to think about a different way of doing something we're not solving it for them and it's very easy as you said to get bog down and think, oh my goodness, this is too big, I can't do it. We've had a really tough few weeks, the sector. And I think in this last week when we've had this announcement, people are naturally concerned and scared. We're looking for answers. We're not always finding answers, we're finding more problems. And that's that's the issue. You go looking for an answer and you actually might find something that then upsets you a little bit and you think... hang on I haven't considered that I need to go back to my risk assessment and see if I've got it covered and if I haven't what am I going to do about it so I think I I have moments where I felt like that but now this week I think having a robust plan an idea of where I'm going with it and being able to bring my families and my team along with me on the ride to make sure they're happy with it is the key Nothing that the government produce will be watertight for every setting. It will need to be adapted to work in the way you work and the way you practice. And that doesn't mean we're having disregard for children's physical health. It means that we're balancing the needs of their emotional and mental health with the physical health. And I think this remains key. And if we overlook one for the other, which is what we're in danger of doing when we're thinking about all this guidance that we're being given around this awful infection and protection, we, we, are, we are in a very bad place if we, if we don't balance the two up. So it won't be perfect. It certainly won't be perfect in my setting. I can't dot all the I's and cross all the T's simply because of the geographical nature of what I'm doing. But I think being honest with my parents about what my core values for their child and their wellbeing is, and this is what it looks like. This is how it translates every day. I'm sure they will be completely on board with it. And if they're not happy and they're not comfortable to send their child, then that's absolutely fine. I completely respect, respect that. It's, it's a very personal choice. We're in a, we have to take some steps back to normality for many, many, many reasons. We can't put health before wealth. I get that. But the two are so intrinsically linked and we need to have a world that our children are going to grow up in that isn't frightening and scary.
0: I agree just touching on what you said I think it's staying true to your beliefs and what you hold dear and what underpins all that you do because otherwise what happens is like you said you read something sometimes you know on Facebook or Twitter and you see like oh someone's done this I didn't have that idea and then we feel like oh I need to do this I need to do that and actually going back to who you are what you're about what your children families staff need from you and taking bits don't get me wrong that's what we all do and I think that's one of the wonderful things about social media these days we pick up little nuggets of professional development both personally and professionally all of the time without realizing it and it's so helpful for us but it's being able to refine that and review Mm. and say this is helpful for me and this is part of who I am because otherwise and I know I was guilty of it in the past I can make I can send myself out on on different tangents with sometimes well you know placed well-meaning enthusiasm and passion and wanting to do Mm. my best it actually creates um perhaps more not a frenzy, I don't want to, that's the wrong word, but you 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 see what I'm saying. So it's going back, isn't it, to mm-hmm. just reminding, okay, that's a good idea, but it might not work for me.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly that. You know, come back to what your key values are, come back to why you're doing what you're doing. And if it doesn't look perfect on day one or day ten, then so be it. And I think constantly reviewing where we're at, you know, we're good reflectors in early years, aren't we? We're really able to um, think about our daily practice. Think about what, what what goes well, what what didn't go so well. And I think we have to be doing that again. You know, it will look different, but that will be key to making sure we all feel good, we're okay, we're coping, and checking in. You know, with each other all of the time. But also, you know, we're 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 able to say to our families, this is this isn't working so great. We need to change the way we're doing this to make sure everybody stays safe and well. And I think you know this isn't fixed we're not going to have a plan now that we're going to go with till september and then it's all going to be gone we're going to live with this disease potentially for some time and finding new ways of working apart solution focused approaches that you were you were talking about before it's not always easy we do get we do get i've I've definitely had moments where i felt down about it and then i just go back to when i'm when i've got my head around it whenever that might be i go back to what what's important for me There's just so
0: much to um, pick and consider, isn't there? And um, I suppose we just have to do, you know, the best we can today. But I suppose sometimes, especially at the moment, even more so, we're under so much pressure, um, that's, like, exacerbated. And sometimes there's a pressure to always know the answers, do the right thing. And I think we are human. If this whole experience has taught us anything, it's our ability to say, yeah, I got that wrong today, or mm. I, I've had a bad day, this was tough. And, you know, it, it makes us more human. And going back, being able to have those relationships with families and with staff, and and I think, you know, throughout this whole time, I was speaking to somebody earlier, and what they said was, uh, I, was I was doing another podcast with Rachel Cannon and Francesca Evans from Monkey Puzzle Nurseries, and uh, Rachel kind of said, it you know remind your staff if they're worrying or remind your parents of actually um look how we've taken care of you so far look at the things we've done to protect your well-being to safeguard and protect our health and our children's health and we want to make the very best decisions moving forward but i suppose even if we you know didn't get something 100 percent right the fact that people can see how we care, how we're open and honest and transparent with our communication, how we develop trust and all of these things make a massive difference don't they but it's put us in that best place.
1: It comes back to those things we always talk about Kate and about having a clear vision for what why you do what you do, why why you practice in the way you do and that's holistic it's not just about the daily stuff that happens when the children are dropped off and we've learned that we've learned that the hard way this this time in how does how does that look when you're not in touch with your families every day how has communication been what have what have we done to really protect those relationships as best we can when we can't see our families and those are the things that will endure those are the things that will i think give parents the confidence if you can um produce something that they're happy with and, and they can see that All that is still there, even though they've been away for two months, that nurture has continued and that real warmth of relationships that we have with our families will see us through this period. I'm absolutely convinced of that.
0: Absolutely. And I think another thing that they kind of talked about was, you know, look how well we've been able to adjust throughout this period look at the things we have navigated look it's like isn't it you know you look back and see how far you've come and actually it hasn't been perfect along the way we've learned all sorts of new things about ourselves and you know we are you know figuring out maybe things you know that are going to put us in a better better position in certain areas moving forward but like you say you know we we've we've navigated so much haven't we and when we're connected and when we know what our purpose is that shared vision it makes things so much easier perhaps
1: yeah and as humans we're so resourceful you know we like you say we adapt and we we ask so much of the children in our care as i said previously to do do that so so it, it makes perfect sense that even though we have much more ingrained behaviour and back catalogues of experiences that we draw from that make us react perhaps in a certain way or or have a bias of, of certain things, that actually we should be we should be really modelling that. And when the children and families come back for the first time, that they need to see that you know we are still those considerate um, resourceful human beings that we know we can be. And as you say, it won't be perfect. And I, I kind of believe even without coronavirus, you know, no day is ever perfect. Yes. There are still days, most days aren't in fact, you'll walk away and think, oh, that didn't go so well. And that's, that's fine. That's, you know, the, isn't it? that's the absolute key to it, isn't it? It's being able to
0: say, okay, that didn't work out how I thought it might. I, you know, I'm gonna try something different tomorrow. I'm not going to beat myself up about that, you know, that mindset.
1: Well, you know, we ask children to do this. We ask them to grapple. We ask them to make mistakes. And actually grappling and struggling is key. They have to be allowed opportunity and, and, and we have to provide opportunity for children to do that. So modelling it is great. You know, we often say to children, we don't know the answers to questions that they ask us. So is it is it not so much more straightforward and right that to say well actually this isn't going quite so well we need to think about doing it a different way but for, for children and our families to see us doing that it's not a bad thing it's a really good thing and it's opening us up but I know I've had to be I'm really honest with my families and my parents and you know really tell them how I, I'm managing this but during this period I've been really open with them when I felt a bit not so great if i've been asked the question you know how are you today well you know i'm not finding it so good and that's that's really good i think you know we're we are human and we need to remember that and we're not robots on this trajectory to fix and solve absolutely everything we have to accept there are things we can't control and things that we can we can put positive things in place to solve
0: I agree. I just have to raise the word grapple. I haven't heard grapple. What a great word when you repeat it over. I haven't heard it for so long, but it's so true. It's wonderful. And I suppose what we're talking about there is resilience. And I referred to resilience previously from the um, psychologist. I can't remember her name now. Um, it's referenced on my page, but she talks about resilience as being ordinary magic it, we, we think sometimes it's these big one-off gestures. And sometimes when we think about well-being as well, we think about them being big one-off gestures, but they're everyday actions. Mm. Sometimes they're bigger than others. Sometimes they're smaller. Like, you know, some days at the moment, it's just getting up and getting dressed, isn't it? It's trying Definitely. to get tomorrow. And that's what, we're, that's what we're talking. I suppose there's never been a, a better a better opportunity to role model that.
1: Absolutely and I think this is going to go on and it will continue and perhaps for settings that we're looking for a natural sort of pause to reevaluate, which we all have needed, we've all used in our own way to to perhaps um, equip ourselves with new knowledge. I know I've done a course, I've started a new course on neuroscience and you know just just finding things that I really wanted to tap into. So this, this pause, if you like, for those nurses that have been closed or the staff that have been at home, you know, it's, it's, it's a period of reflection. And we're all going to come back from that with something or nothing. And if, it's, if you've just spent the whole time at home and you've that's been what you needed to do, then that's absolutely fine as well. I'd probably burnt out a bit and did a bit too much. And then week four, crashed yeah. and burned. But I've now t- given myself... You know, I say I have two weeks holiday I haven't because I've been working non-stop but I haven't been doing that stuff and yeah. then when I go back to it it'll be a fresh set of eyes and that's that's what's important isn't it we're, we're all we're all adapting and reflecting in our own way and this is this can only be a good thing
0: absolutely well as always it's been so fascinating to talk to you we could just natter on and grapple over this subject <laughs> for for um for for much longer but um, we're going to leave it there so if people want to perhaps take a look at Beetle Woods, they can find you on facebook instagram and twitter um at beetlewoods can't they um and yeah. on- Put the links in with this podcast so people can come and have a little bit of a look at the wonderful work and the philosophy that you advocate, and um, that's um, so inspiring to me and so many. So, um, I wish you um, well, uh, Rachel, and wish you lots of um, luck as you kind of navigate your way back
1: to your new normal. Thanks, Kate, and thanks for inviting me. And I hope, really hope, that I'll get to see you soon. Yep,
0: yeah, and you take care. Thanks, Rachel.